What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? May the fourth be with you. It is a Star and also Wars with night, you. and it's going to have all kinds of stupid Star Wars puns and themes. So strap your ass in and get ready. Um, I'm JD Tierney, also known as JD Three PO, and to my right, I've got Cat At. Yep, I'm Cat At, JD's wife, the hot and funny one, and uh, I'm not racist, but I'm going to say it: all stormtroopers look alike. Oh. <laughs> So uh, tonight we're bringing you uh, an awesome guy, uh, Cowboy Jax. He's an army veteran. He's uh, like me, has TBI and got the uh, drain damage. And we're going to talk about that. He's uh, got some ties into TV in Nashville, and we're going to delve into all that shit. But first, like always, let's go right into the drink. Do so you want to bullshit while I get the, the stuff out? I'm going to do my drink first then while he's taking his sweet ass time. That's what I do. I take my sweet ass time. So what I'm doing tonight is, let me see if JD has a banner for it. No, I did not make banners for the drinks. Oh, sad face. So what I'm going to do is uh, the blue milk of Tatooine. So it's kind of like pineapple juice in Malibu, but we're going to make it look like the like the blue milk. So what I'm doing is just a can or six ounces of pineapple juice. And then it's basically two ounces of everything I'm about to add. So blue, Caraco, Curacao, however you pronounce it, Curacao. goes in there. That's what makes it blue. Two ounces of coconut milk or coconut cream, whichever one you like. And then two ounces of coconut rum. Boom. Blue milk. Boom, she's got the blue milk. Blue milk, um, Real quick, if you are signing in and you have not yet, go to StreamYard.com slash Facebook and give them permission to see your uh, profile name because otherwise we can't see your name and I'm not going to fucking recognize that you spoke. It's that simple. Go to StreamYard, Facebook, permission. Boom. So, uh... <laughs> Drop the mic, people. He says uh, it every I'm not, show. I'm not dropping my mic. It's way too expensive. So the first shot I'm going to do is called a... Uh, what the hell did I call this thing? I don't know what it's called. Something, the Sith something. But it's uh, you start off with some uh, Captain Morgan silver rum. Yes, I can see you, Mark. Um, not that we're getting paid by Captain Morgan. It's what we had in the cabinet. So you start off, it's going to be... But if they want to sponsor us, we will totally sell out. One ounce of that. This is actually a layered shot. So we're going to be doing that you always want to make sure if you're doing layered shots to have your stuff chilled like freezer chilled next thing we're going to put in is a little bit of grenadine and turn that shit red and then we're going to float some blue carousel in there i'm using a bent straw you can also use a bent spoon to help layer this stuff was that your name in high school bent spoon yes bent <laughs> spoon and that shit Pour it entirely too quick, <laughs> but you can see. I don't know how well you can see. It's partially no, it's not floated. The one I made off the air was way Beautiful. better floated. It was like red and then black, and it was like yeah. And then gorgeous. this one, when people are watching, it's a shit show. So salute to the shit show. And the second shot, I'm going to make. He's had one or two of these off the air, people. Yeah, this one. Is a Dagobah swamp water because it's Star Wars and we're going to do stuff that's Star Wars. You mean Dagobah or Dagobah? That's racist. No, it's I don't appreciate your, your slurs. 
So we're using a Tito's vodka for this one. Again, not because we're paid by them, but because it's what we had in the cabinet. That's my vodka. That's for martinis. Nope. We have two bottles. So start off with an ounce of that. A little bit of melon liqueur. Um, you can get the, the really expensive stuff. I got this stuff, which is pretty much like green sugar water. <laughs> with like, I guess they walked it through a melon field at one point. It doesn't have a lot of melon flavor. <laughs> no, they, they, it's like they made sugar liqueur and then whispered melon to it from across the room. But I put a half shot in there. Um, it's floating kind of towards the bottom. It, that one is actually floating, people. That's actually really good. This is going to ruin the float. Oh, well, you should put that in first then. Some orange juice. And then the very last thing we do is we float some Chambord raspberry liqueur on uh, the bottom. Hey, someone messaged JD and say, how old is that Chambord? Because uh, I will bet you $100 million. So, he doesn't know. As you can see, it actually does float like I talked about earlier. The Chambord goes on the bottom because it's heavier and it's more dense. And uh, It's heavy and dense. Yeah. <laughs> I'm smart and intelligent. <laughs> hey, Nick Carpenter's on. We're, uh, I'm actually going to be talking about you here in about oh, one minute or so. Hey, so. Nick. Salute. Oh, my God. That was tasty. Really? Yeah. It looks like shit, but man, it was tasty. Okay. Halfway through the show, make me one. Okay. Jeremy <laughs> asked how old. I think that bottle of Chambord is uh, at least... 10 years old. He doesn't ish. know. We don't even know where it came from. It just showed up. <laughs> it's, it's made like five moves with us. It seriously has. <laughs> so um, before we bring our guests on, we're going to get into it like we always do and do our sponsors. Kat, do you want to take care of the stuff? So our first sponsor <laughs> is Nick Carpenter, who is actually joining us, the uh, founder of the Legion of Loan Officers. He is an Air Force Security Forces veteran. Um, he has a book that you can get at loanofficerstrategyguide.com. You can also find him at facebook.com slash legion of loan officers. And what he does is he finds you real estate leads and, and works with you on how to build your business and not just leads, but leads that pay off. Um, I often use his uh, suggestions in my business, even though I have nothing to do with real estate because it's something that can be translated into any industry. It's just really good knowledge to have in, in, in any way, shape or form. Um, our next sponsor is, uh, John Oda at Gunner gray furniture fusion. Uh, it's professional custom woodworking created beautiful bespoke furniture, kitchens and built-ins. Um, it has kind of like an Asian flair with a craftsman old, anything. like turn of the century. It's uh, anything you want. Anything you want. It, it's absolutely gorgeous. Farmhouse I highly chic. suggest. Ugh. I highly suggest you go check them out at gunnergray.com, Instagram at gunner underscore gray, Facebook at gunnergrayff, or you can call them directly at 508 847 1390. The next person is somebody who we need to order as soon as we get off the phone because we're he out says of it. That every Day. Uh, Soldier Girl Coffee Company, founded by Army female veteran Carrie Jeremy. Beavers. Uh, what she does is she has CBD-infused flavored coffees, such as CBD-infused French vanilla, CBD-infused snickerdoodles, um, non-infused Colombian coffee, and then CBD-infused 100% Colombian coffee. It's all American-grown hemp. It is uh, third-party lab-tested, made in the USA. You can find her at sgcoffee.co. Don't go to .com. It's not going to take you to the right place. You can also find her at Facebook at Soldier Girl Coffee Company. And then our final sponsor of the night is Warhorse Legacy Foundation. Um, 
where they don't have PTSD horses. The horses do not have PTSD. Damn it. The horses are there to help the people with Every PTSD. Week. So uh, basically what they do is for the uh, gentlemen and ladies that have PTSD, their families and friends, they take them out there. They do everything from 30 to 90 minute rides to teaching them how to train the horses themselves and just giving these guys a new mission. And uh, you can find them at warhorselegacy.org, facebook.com slash warhorselegacy, or you can call them directly at 479-634-2119. They're always looking for people to take advantage of their services as well as donors. They are a nonprofit. So uh, please go and check them out. I cannot stress how awesome this organization is. So um, just real quick, again, if you have not gone to streamyard.com slash Facebook and given them permission to talk to yourselves, or not talk to yourselves. What, what the <laughs> fuck did my brain go? You can talk to yourselves anytime, yeah, people. You can talk to yourselves we, anytime. but We can't see what you're saying, though. Um, yeah. But you can go ahead and talk to yourselves. And uh, as of today, we're at 760 members. And once we get to 1,000, we're giving away hats and whiskey stones. And so, I've got t-shirts on the way. I just got to finalize the proofs. Tell you the people that you invited to accept the rules. I know Be- uh, Ray Benson and a few others invited a lot of people. So we've got over 700 pending members, but they won't accept they haven't accepted the rules. So go tell your friends to accept the rules and we can start giving this shit away and get it out of my house. Yeah. So without further ado, I want to bring on Mr. Cowboy Jax. Say hello. Now say hello now that JD's forgotten to unmute you. I don't have a muted. There. Yes, you do. Look, it's muted. Hold on. Why can't we unmute him? Are you you muted on your end? Why won't it? Um, It's it's saying on my side, can't unmute your guest because they chose to mute themselves. (gasps) Did you mute yourself? I'm totally calling you out. Oh, got it. Boom. Stop uh-huh. muting yourself in public. Oh my God. Way to go, Lane Frost. Way to go. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so as I as I started to talk about before we brought you on, you're an army veteran. Um, you run a nonprofit, you're a mentor, a public speaker, Nashville, all that. Um Tell us about anything and everything you want us to know about you, your background, what you're trying to sell us, what you're trying to peddle. You got three minutes to do so starting right. Now, okay, Cowboy Jacks, I am uh, May the Fourth. Um, it's real simple. Right now, this shirt makes history, as you can see. Um, it's an amazing thing that we're doing. We were given the hundredth anniversary chopper by the folks over at OCC that are the reality stars from the TV show American Chopper, and it's to celebrate a hundred years of Veterans Day in our country, and we named it Americana the Chopper. So instead of auctioning it off and taking the money and run, we decided that we wanted to create a movement, which is called the Life After the Uniform Movement, to get this thing into a museum. So we're looking for business owners to buy this shirt in bulk. The biggest reason why we're looking for business owners versus just the general public is because we want businesses to understand that veterans are more than PTSD, more than suicide, more than being potentially homeless. Duke recently did a survey that said that they thought that veterans were only good for technical jobs or IT jobs, not things that have to do with social or emotional experiences. Also, the majority of Americans say that they don't know how to relate to a veteran 
But we believe that they don't know how to relate to the very small narrative that usually leans towards combat veterans that the rest of the veteran community kind of gets sucked into. There are great folks doing work out there with PTSD um, and things of that nature, but that's not our focus. Our focus is creating an authentic depiction of U.S. veterans so community neighbors, non-veterans, can understand that the only way we get there is together. So you can check that out at shfveterans.org. I'm a 20-year um, veteran in the entertainment industry. Everything in front of and behind the scenes, I've worked with celebrities, world influencers, uh, done amazing things in branding. Right now we're working with a company that you know, is recognized in 180 countries around the world. And uh, I am a real cowboy, grew up farming, loved to ride horses, and um, that's about it. Let's get to it. Right, right on. Man, uh, so one thing you brought up, and, and it's something that I've really been trying to push with people recently, is, is how veterans are perceived, perceived or, or shown in, in Hollywood, TV shows, movies, everything. You only have two types of veterans. You have the John Wick. Chuck Norris, super combo badass. badass, or you have the the broken alcoholic, drug addict, damaged, can't be fixed guy. And there's yeah. never an in between as far as um, a modern day veterans. You know, of course they show all the World War II veterans, uh, the Korean veterans, but anything like Vietnam and forward, there's only two two types of veterans that are portrayed in, in Hollywood. And I think it's very unfortunate because, like, what you're pushing, um, trying to show who, I mean. Jesus Christ, the, the OEF, OIF has been going on for 20 years this September. And so there's what, there's got to be at least four or five million people that have served just in that time, Absolutely. in that 20 years. Well, let me throw this statistic at you, if I may. 9-11 was the biggest surge of people going into service, right, in any given campaign. So if you talk about from the time of 9-11 till now, okay, think about how many veterans that that translates into, That's right? And, and we wonder why we have these issues with our economy and we wonder why we have, you know, these issues of all these other potential issues. But the reality of it is, you know, people that came out of Vietnam, if you do the research, that was the biggest surge of entrepreneurs in you know all of the 20th century they literally built the best economy coming out of vietnam but all you get as a national narrative is somebody wearing a jacket being homeless like you know i understand that there's a place for that stuff because i've been homeless so anyone that points the finger at me and says well how the hell do you know what you're talking about i'm a suicide survivor i'm formerly homeless i deal with traumatic brain injury on a daily basis so that's how i know well the well both both sides of the uh, Vietnam veteran are very true because all the all the they all came back and they became entrepreneurs and then Carter got in office and fucked up our economy and then they were all homeless and in jackets and <laughs> <laughs> that's right. As soon as he got in office, they just started handing him out jacket after yeah. jacket. Yeah. Was like, all right, here's your that's jacket. He threw here's away. your wheelchair. Here's your jacket. Get out there. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what to do. We trained for. This. Come on. Can you look like Lieutenant Dan? Get the <laughs> right, exactly. You got new legs, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> Here's your orders to the underpass of I-10. Right, exactly. Right. Uh, Austin, you can camp anywhere. So here's a tent. Have fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so 
We're uh, 16 minutes into this, and we've already gone off the fucking tracks. This is awesome. I love it. I love it. So uh, Welcome, you are. <laughs> well, you brought up traumatic brain injury. Well, this is JD's uh, rebirth or earth Re- My rebirth day. Um, May 8th of 2017, I was in a gnarly motorcycle wreck, and I uh, pissed off the city of Corpus Christi when I broke the road with my face. Not true. And uh, He wasn't wearing a helmet, by the way. Yeah, I wasn't wearing a helmet. Hit the ground at 40. Uh, bounced my nugget off the ground a few times. Skull fractures. They rebuilt my face. I used to be a lot uglier than this. So uh, if you think I'm ugly now, you should have seen it like five years ago. It was fucking horrendous. But um, so I have I have TBI, traumatic brain injury. It's it's non-service related. Most people think that, that with me being a veteran, it's always service related, but it's not. You also Isn't that have- irritating? That's irritating, right? Yeah, like oh, everyone yeah. always, I I hate like how the stereotypes put us in one box, no matter what. You know what I mean? It's like our lives aren't anything unless we deployed and killed people and have things messed up with this. Like they just can't like get it through their heads that we have other parts of our life as we move on. You know what I mean? So it's true. So um, as a I got with JD the day he got out of the military. So I wasn't a military wife, but I am a veteran wife. And anytime if they're if they aren't married to someone who was in the military and they find out that I'm married to a veteran, they're like, oh, and I'm like, what? Like he's a functional person, you know, but they always like, oh, I'm not really though. I mean, is he is he really functional? No, no. I'm I'm (laughs) I would say I would say pseudo functional at best, but that has nothing to do with the military. That's just me. You're you're right, Jax. I was giving him way too much credit. Okay, he's semi functional, semi There we go. All right, so oh with with TBI, I, I know it manifests itself in different ways for different people, different injuries, depending on what part of the brain was injured. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of science we can go into, but we're not because that's not what this show is about. It's about dick and fart jokes. So we're going to keep it on that track. And with your TBI, what is the most ridiculous thing someone has ever said to you concerning your injury, be it somebody in the medical field, somebody that found out about your TBI, uh, another veteran, just... Well, my fiance, uh, Linda, she constantly uh, thinks that I'm using it as an excuse all the time. So (laughs) like no one says anything that's like super absurd, but like in the terms of day to day life, it's like she's like, you're raising your voice again. You're raising your voice again. I'm like, oh, I'm my bad. Or, you know, when it comes to plans and numbers and stuff like that, because I was bashed in the front of my head. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, so she, she definitely is like, uh, 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 is it real? Is it TBI? You're telling me you've never intentionally been like, I forgot to take out the trash because of my traumatic brain injury. Like you never Who used would it as ever do that. You! Kat, I, I, I lost my thought. My thought lost my train of thought there for a minute. What, what did you say? Such a liar. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I actually, so- uh, I actually went to my 20th high school reunion. And true story. Um, I'm sure that there was some people I went to high school with that I wouldn't have remembered, but I completely used the brain injury as an excuse to not remember some of these people because I was like, "You dirty dog!" And I'm like, "Oh my!" And I'm, honestly, I had no no but fucking clue who this up was. With like a thousand people, like he had like a thousand people in his grade. I grew up in a very small town, George West, Texas. I graduated with like. 
67 people. If you don't remember. See, I was going to say, if you don't remember everybody's name, it's an insult because yeah. everybody knew everybody. If you didn't know someone, it was on purpose. So to me, yeah. when he told me that he went to his reunion and was like, oh, I'm sorry, it's my traumatic brain injury. I don't care. In my hometown, <laughs> you'd be an asshole and you'd be forced out of town. Like, that's just mean. I was just like, oh, sorry. I was in a very bad wreck. I lost a lot of my memories. Um, some of them are recent memories. Some of them are farther back. You know, I, I don't have a choice. You know, I really apologize, but I can't. And it may have been the injury. It may have been that I just had no fucking clue or who you're they just were. An asshole, and I'm an asshole. That is, that is true, though, on like all accounts. But like the reality of it is, is that, um, you know, for me, I lead business conversations with it. As soon as I get on a call with somebody, I'll be like, "Hey, just to let you all know, I have brain damage," and everybody laughs their ass off because you know, or whatever. And then you'll have people be like, "Oh yeah, you know, I, I have that same issue too," and it it really creates like this, this, this cool kind of, you know, experience where everyone looks at you a lot more human. You know what I mean? So, so, so yeah. Can I, so can I ask, how did it happen? How did you get your traumatic brain injury? JD's was a motorcycle accident. So, um, I was in the infantry 101st airborne division, first of the 502nd air assault. And, uh, see that was, that was brain damage right there. I said that shut backwards, <laughs> but, uh, so anyways, we were doing what's called a mount exercise, right? And, and uh, we're inside of a concrete building with no lights. It's a, it's a live fire exercise. So there's muzzle flash going around just like it would be real world. You following me? So I went to go up a ladder. And as I was going up the ladder, there's a guy on the third floor. And uh, he had not secured his ammo in his pouch. So back then, your NVGs were heavy. So when you're going up a ladder, it kind of... Uh, tilts back your K-pot a little bit, right? And can expose some of your, your brain bucket. So as I'm going up, all of a sudden, I just, wham, I get hit. So it was the equivalency of getting hit with about 50 pounds at like, I don't know, 30, 40 miles an hour or whatever. Like it probably should have killed me. But, uh, you know, you they say only the, the, the good front. die young. But so I let go of the ladder and I'm six foot three, 200 pounds. So when I started falling, I landed on my head. And I'm not sure if I went unconscious or not, but um, I'm pretty sure that I did. And when Doc finally found me, I had blood coming down my face or whatever. They grabbed me by my LBE and put me against the wall. And, you know, uh, after it was all said and done, um, they gorilla glued it shut. And uh, I was back at PT the next day. Yep. Perfect. They had to take Motrin, change your socks and do some pushups. Well, how about That's how it is in the infantry, man. So, Jax, because you and JD had the, the same brain damage or drain damage or whatever yep, JD calls damage. it, how about we play a little game, all right? Okay, let's do it. <laughs> this is a list. This is a list of the top 10 things not to say to someone who has traumatic brain injury. So, anytime your significant other has said this, I want you to raise your hand. Both about, of y'all. Hey, let's make it real interesting. Anytime our significant other has said this to us, you take a drink. Take a shot. Take a drink. Okay. Are y'all ready? Yeah, All right. It. Number I'll one. I'll just start chugging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too. Poor JD's going to get jacked up because I know I've said all these. Uh, number one, you don't have an injury. You seem fine to me. <laughs> um, let me reach under the bar and grab another beer here. Number two, maybe you're not trying hard enough and you're just lazy. 
<laughs> sort of, sort of, not all the way, but I'll take oh, a paraphrase. Paraphrase, paraphrase. Because I don't say that to JD. I just say, yeah, you just don't want to do what I asked you to do. Uh, right. Number three, uh, why are you always grumpy? And uh, in my house, it's why are you always being an asshole? Same thing. Number four, how many times do I have to tell you? <laughs> I told you it's 10 things. This is what you're not supposed to say to people with TDI. This is what I get every day. Ah, damn, I'm drinking premium whiskey right now. I'm going to be half hammered before we even get to the show. Dip your finger in it and lick it, okay, man? Hey, oh, my God. This is the We're first. Even half, are we even halfway there? This is the first drinking game on our drinking podcast. Okay. Well, I'm honored I am. Oh, he said honored I am. He, he threw in the Star Wars. Hey. hey, JD, do you think Yoda had TBI? Oh, my God. He wasn't retarded. He had drain damage. <laughs> he wasn't retarded anyway. Oh, he had an extra chromosome. He's a medigester. <laughs> All right. So, number five. Do you have any idea how much I do for you? Oh, God. That's a whole beer by itself. <laughs> I'm going to need a whole new bottle of whiskey. Yeah, you are. Uh, Number six, your problem is all the meds you take. Okay, that's not you. You don't take any meds. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I she, she, she reminds me of to take my medicine all the time because I'm one of those guys that it's like it's been very difficult for me. If, if you can't tell, I'm kind of like one of those alpha types. And so I, for me, it's very difficult because I don't want anything weighing me down. So, so learning how to live with my disability has been a motherfucker. Yeah. That's you know what I mean. JD, JD doesn't want to take medication because of his past. And he's definitely had some substance abuse. Oh, yeah. I was on, that was taking like 23 pills a day so when I got, when I first got out between the uppers and downers, the, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, but, I don't even be taking aspirin for a headache it's anymore. very true it's very true but right. i i do want to give a shout out to the va because the medicine that i am on and and the work that i have done has has improved my life tremendously so what? anyway carry on yep let's continue getting hammered over this stupid fucking list number seven <laughs> let me do that for you Really? You're not gonna drink like I don't. Oh, I probably do. I think about what. What about this? Making plans and shit, right? Every time, like I get involved with making plans, like she wants to make sure that you know she gets all the plans that's, made. That's the thing. If JD's packing for our kids or organizing something for a trip, I just like no. Let me do that because yeah, I, I let her do all it. Right, fuck it. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm, I'm on that one. Let me do that one. Number eight. Try to think positively. You're always so negative. Once upon, I'll drink because it was once upon a time that was right, that but was now true. it's not because well, I've worked found, really hard to change well, my mindset. Honestly, so. that and you, you found Jesus, and that helps a lot. I'll be honest. Yeah, I, I'm the positive. I'm really the positive one, and over. Yeah, I can't drink on that one. <laughs> no, I was I was very negative for a while, Five and and. Years. And it was more self-hatred spewing out into every other realm. I wasn't angry at anybody else or anything else. Okay. And it well, wasn't until I, I dealt with my own shit that that started angry, to change. But angry sex is real hot. So I I, I, I didn't mind some of it. <laughs> Number. Until you caught an elbow to the face and you're like, what the fuck? I'm like, sorry, babe. I was in the moment. 
Number nine. Safe word mayonnaise. (laughs) (laughs) Hold hold the pickles. I was joking around with girlfriends at work and we were talking about, she's like, you just need a safe word. I'm like, kiwi, kiwi. (laughs) So at work, anytime we're talking about about code words, it's kiwi. It's always kiwi. And we always pretend like. But you you know why you want to choose like an off the wall uh, safe word, right? Because if it sounds too much like something else, so Kiwi's not a good one because he could hear choke me and choke you more. Uh, either way, I win. <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole point was we were talking about if you go to an emergency room, and I'm telling everybody this, you go to the emergency room, and I said it last week, if you go to the emergency room because y'all were fooling around and got a little rough, Lie to the emergency room people. Lie. You don't want her on your permanent record. She's in the medical industry. Lie. She knows what the fuck she's talking about. Number nine. You're lucky to be alive. Mm, yeah. And number 10. I added this. This was not on the list. I added this. We just had this conversation. Do you honestly not remember? <sighs> And that's my favorite one because that's said by far the most in this house. Oh my God. I am got a head rush from hell. TMI, seriously, look, if you don't like it, you need to go to a, a show that's a little more less. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that if uh if if the the sensors were rating us, we'd be borderline NC seventeen easily. Oh, oh, oh. And it, you know what? it needs if people don't like it, they can tune out, man. Agreed. Agreed. I think everybody that's here uh, knows what's going on. Most of the most of the people yeah. that are commenting are, are they they've they've seen. Yeah that that was literally nothing, David. Just wait, <laughs> just wait, yeah. David. Saddle right. up, partner. Exactly. So speaking of craziness, I had to hear about your twenty first birthday party. In the field. In the field. Yeah. I don't know if you can call it a party <laughs> if it was in the field, but well, I definitely want to hear about your twenty well, first. Yeah. Okay. So, so I, I signed up the, I think it was the summer of my 18th birthday. And, um, so, so, you know, I've been in the army for a while and we went to this hellhole that's called JRTC when I was about to become 21 and I was an infantry scout. So, you know, our job back then as scouts were to be as quiet as possible, getting information, you know, all that other kind of stuff. So, being scouts, their thought process was, is why don't we hijack a Humvee for your 21st birthday? So we hijack the Humvee and uh, we get to town or whatever. And um, they're like, you're going to do 21 shots. I was like, all right, don't threaten oh. me with a good time. So uh, so we get in there and I don't know if y'all ever had a cement mixer before. Oh, oh yeah. God, yes. Yeah, but it almost like gives me the visualization of what swallow comes to mind, if you know what I mean. And we uh, together when we were dating, and that was what we did for people that came in and were obnoxious about wanting their free shot for the twenty first birthday. All right, motherfucker, you want to be obnoxious? Here you go. That's exactly what they did. I must have been obnoxious. So anyway, so I get twenty one shots into it later. I'm completely blackout drunk. Like I don't recall anything. I'm glad that it was like the nineties or whatever, or early two thousands or whatever it was because um, there was no cell phones, but apparently I found the, the most biggest Korean woman that I could find 
at Fort Polk, Louisiana and was grinding all over her. And uh, one of my buddies had one of them disposable cameras and apparently pictures were taken, but I've never seen them. So I'm waiting. I just keep waiting year after year when that's going to surface. Reach out and find someone with those pictures. Oh, yeah. Somewhere in a box. I've got a handful of those disposable cameras that God knows what is on them. And I'm scared to take them to get developed because (laughs) God knows. Let me tell you. It could be deployment pictures. It could be. You know, shit that we did one night when we were way fucked up. I have no idea what you're talking about. Knows. Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking yeah. about. So, so I get like completely blitzed. Thank God somebody pulls me off before I do really, really bad things. And um, the next day, our platoon sergeant knows something's up. And so I literally had to mop the barracks the next day. Because that's how you got in trouble back then. Because, you know, your chain of command was was pretty cool especially if you were in the scouts because we got to cross train with rangers and all that stuff so so anyways i'm throwing up and i'm mopping it up and i'm throwing up and i'm mopping it up. <laughs> and so that was my uh my wonderful 21st birthday in the united states army wow. that's, that's funny that you're talking about throwing up and mopping it up one of the guys that's watching he was actually uh one of our earlier guests uh three or four weeks ago um eric bingle he and I served together and we were a uh, security police, security forces on Lackland <sighs> troublemakers. And, uh, he was involved in a DWI chase that ended up with the, with the enterprise rental Mustang stuck in the sand of a volleyball pit. <laughs> um, and it was a couple of pilots that were, they had, uh, orders for flights like four hours or five hours from when they were arrested. Oh, shit. And, uh, I can't remember exactly how the story goes, but basically they arrested them. They took them in. They were in the holding cell. Their commander came in and, and being security police, security forces, our general interactions with any officers, especially anybody. Oh, three, Oh, four, Oh, five and above treat us like shit. Everything's our fault. Their people are fucking golden. And their commander came in and so they have to give you a complimentary blow job in order to get out of the ticket. Yeah. Well, basically, no, they just, they think they're above us, like regardless. So it's like, so I guess their commander came in and the, the guys that were arrested were puking all over the cell and Bingle was having to go back there with the mop and, and everything. And their commander took the mop from him and, and pulled it out of his hand and put it in his troops hands. The, the officer that was arrested and said, you're cleaning this shit up. And that's like, that's one of those moments like, holy shit, somebody's actually holding somebody else accountable. So two things, Jax, if he had a job where someone was handing out blowjobs, he'd still have that job. Okay. That's one. <laughs> two, now we know how close you came to having a half Korean kid. So it's good to know. All right. <laughs> like this close, man. <laughs> Dodge that bullet. I'll tell you. Man, it was wild. It was cool. It was cool to, you know, it was cool that that's how I spent my time. Tw- I mean, I was really bummed when we first got there because JRTC is like some of the most intense jungle training that you'll ever go you, through. You know, I just thought, JRTC is because in my brain, it keeps registering as like junior ROTC. Yeah, yeah, junior ROTC kids <laughs> in like high school. Yeah, that's what I keep uh, thinking. Joint, joint Readiness Training Center. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, much better okay, than because I was junior... like, what did they do? Make you set up a tent? <laughs> have Have you ever heard of the phrase Tigerland before? 
heard of the phrase what? Tiger Land. Tiger Land. Tiger Land. No. So that's what they called JRTC back in the Vietnam days. So, yeah. Awesome. It's pretty much, well, when I die, if I go to hell, I know I'm going to Fort Polk, Louisiana. Cause you better be a good boy. Hell is I don't know about that. Oh. I don't know. Lackland, Lackland is hell. Yeah, hey, hey, baby, you can't look like Eric Church and be bad. All right. I'm just going to put it up. <laughs> there is just an I don't know how well you know Eric Church. Right. I, want, I want it documented right now. I'll tell you this. That when my wife leaves me, I know exactly where she's going. Look. Look, I don't know. Bullshit. I don't know Eric Church as well as I want to know Eric Church. If that's, if oh that she wants to know Eric Church biblically. Biblically. Yes. Wow. I'm sorry, Eric Church's wife. I'm I'm very very sorry, but mm. I've I've come to terms with it. It's okay. It's not my fault. I'm, you I'm can old. get you one of them them masks and just staple it like Deadpool on your face. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Oh, like an Eric Church mask? Oh, that would be disturbing. Like he ripped off Eric Church's skin and he's wearing it like Silence of the Lambs or something? Look, cat, beggars can't be choosers, okay? Like you want Eric Church or you don't like, want Eric Church? I like so. angry sex. I don't like serial killer sex. That's a little too far for me. <laughs> a little too far for Six me. of one, half dozen the other. It's all Is it though? Like there's, you know, is it though? Mm-hmm. Right. I don't so, want him to wear my skin, but I want him to be in my skin. I'm like, I don't know. She wants me to be inside of her, but not inside of penetration her. Penetration in yeah. one area, not like ee, ee, ee. okay. Okay. Yeah, we've we've stabbed that one enough. Sorry. <laughs> so uh, it is May the fourth. It is Star Wars Day. What do you want to do first? Unpopular so, opinion or would you rather? Well, we're gonna start with stupid jokes to start off. So uh a guest first. Do you want to tell a stupid Star Wars joke for us? Yay. Absolutely. <laughs> this is so dumb. Why did the angry Jedi cross the road? Why? Why? To get to the dark side. Ah. <laughs> that is so retarded. I love it. <laughs> you want to go next? Yeah. Awesome. What do you call a Sith that won't fight? Uh, a sippy. A sippy. <laughs> Don't be such a sippy. I got one better than both of y'all. Are you ready? Why did Darth Vader go to Guitar Center? Why? To find the hidden rebel base. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That is- oh, that's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Oh, so I thought it was funny. <laughs> so retarded. I love it. Oh my god! So you've watched this show. You've actually participated as as a commenter on the show many a times in the past. You know how it goes. The next thing we're gonna do is we're gonna do the uh, unpopular opinion. But this is kind of a special one. We're bringing in the uh, Star Wars unpopular opinion. As you can tell with those cool graphics I made just a little bit ago. Wow! South pause. Unpopular opinion special edition. Look how fancy. Do, 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 do. I know. I wish. I wish that that Lucasfilm and Disney weren't so so anal retentive about their their licensing rights. Otherwise, I'd have all the music going on right now. But no, da, be da, da, da. that's how much we can do without getting sued. So. What is your unpopular opinion? All right, people. If you're Star Wars fans, you might freaking hate me, but I don't care. I'm going to say it out loud. I think Disney Star Wars is better than Lucasfilm Star Wars. 
Take that, you fuckers. I know everyone's going to be mad at me. I don't care. Okay. I'm gonna, George, I'm gonna, I'm George Lucas. Uh, uh-uh, let me explain myself. George Lucas took away Darth Vader's balls. He put in episode one, two, and three and took his balls off, put them in a blender and pulverized them. And Disney Star Wars brought them back. And then they brought me Mandalorian. And I'm so happy. So- okay. So in, in, in that, in your assessment, we're excluding the original trilogy, right? We're, you're, when you're talking about Lucasfilm, you're talking I'm about saying, the, the I, one episodes I'm one, two, sorry. and three. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm speaking in general. I, I think Disney Star Wars, besides Han Solo movie, because that was an abomination. Besides that, I think that you're Disney telling me Star that Wars- Disney Star Wars is better than fucking Empire. <clears throat> oh, we're gonna have marital <laughs> problems. What are your thoughts, Jack? Uh, I mean, no. <laughs> have you seen the Phantom Menace? Like, get the fuck out of here. So, no, absolutely. Yeah, you're my spirit animal, but no, 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 no. Wait, Jason. Okay, wait, time out. We got to talk about the spirit animal thing. So, inside of you. Jax is a five yeah. foot nothing white girl with sass and a bat and a potty mouth. That's that's your spirit animal. Yeah, that feels good. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, then we're cool. You know, that way I don't have to continue to play this big stoic cowboy on the outside anymore. You know, I can let my my, my little you be you, yeah, my little monster out. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. You be you. Hey, uh, Jason, who has another podcast, he lives here locally. He's got a cool podcast. Uh, We'll have to have him on sometime if he agrees. Um, But he says Rogue One is the best Star Wars flick. You know what? It's pretty damn good. I I say that it's the best Star Wars flick next to Empire. You can't I, beat Empire. I it's mean, in my top on. three. Rogue One is in my top three Star Wars movies. Yeah, Rogue One is, is the second best. Maybe, ever. Yeah, I was going to say, even my top two, maybe. But. Um, I, mean, I, I will there? say this. It was pretty wild for me when uh, Kylo Ren had that moment with Harrison Ford, which was dope as shit because I'm a big Han Solo fan, shocker. And uh, when he killed his daddy, like that was pretty. That was pretty brutal. That, that put that scene up there with me. Is, is we saw... The third showing of episode seven. It's true. We there, was only, there was the only two before screenings it was released. before. The day before it was released, we went to a, my parents a got pre, us tickets pre-screening. to a pre-screening. We were surrounded by Star Wars fans and we felt so welcome. Let me tell a story because God damn it, woman. So, uh, yeah. So <laughs> there's only been two screenings of this ever in the history of mankind before we got to see it. Well, somebody's friend was in the one prior and texted him as we're getting seated. And he reads the text out loud. Han Solo gets killed in the middle. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And you I piece totally, of shit. Dude, come on. JD heard this. I said, what did that guy say? And he said... Nothing. JD did not tell me until after the movie that that's what that guy said, that he let me still be surprised. And a shout out to my mom and dad, Karen and Dan Woodson. They're the ones that bought us those pre-screening tickets. And it was amazing. It was pretty rad. So, so I have a confession to make. Oh, Uh-oh. oh really? I did not get introduced to star Wars till about five years ago. I had never watched any of them. Your life and, makes me sad. 
I know it's, <laughs> it's, it's horrible. <laughs> but anyway, so, so I, I binge watched all of them. I got this thing called voodoo. I don't know if y'all know what that is or not, but you can get the movies or whatever. It's a streaming. It was, yeah. It, I'm down. yeah. This was before Disney plus and all that other stuff. So, so I'm watching it and I'm like, I'm like, I think that they're related and I think that that's their uncle because I, I didn't know that it was his dad, but I thought it might be, I thought Darth Vader might be his uncle. And I'm pretty sure that Luke and Leia slept with each other or, or that was, that was a thought in Luke's mind. I guess oh, that's yeah. my unpopular oh, yeah. opinion if, for, if for Star were, Wars. They totally lost it after each other. Um, JR, don't make me hate you, man. Eric, if your unpopular opinion is Eric Church is gay. You know what? You know what? Your mom's gay. I said it. Hey, Jose, I'm not gay. I promise you that. <laughs> Thank you. Rude. Let's keep it rolling here. So, <laughs> my Star Wars unpopular opinion Yay. is now this is my opinion prior to The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian is excluded from this opinion. Super. Boba Fett was a bitch and was overrated. I agree 100%. After I saw The Mandalorian, I, you know, I waited forever to watch The Mandalorian because I was like, why would you have a spinoff of like this bitch made dude that can't even get anybody locked down? Time out. Spoilers. If someone has not seen The Mandalorian, you might want to step off for a sec because we're about to run some shit. Okay, time in. Yeah. So, wait, wait. Jason says Leia definitely flicked the bean to Luke. <gasps> oh my gosh. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, but Boba Fett was definitely he was overrated. Yeah. Like what? Three fucking words and one of them was ah as he <laughs> fell into the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> I mean, when you see the Mandalorian, you know what I'm saying? You're like, wow, like this should totally have been like what they did in the Star Wars movies. So Oh yeah. Perhaps that comes from the books. I don't know. I don't read. Yeah, once once well, once he was in the Mandalorian, it, it completely is, changed. And and I'm I'm like honestly, I am a Star Wars movie fanatic. Yes. I am I don't know all, I don't know the rest of the Star Wars verse as far as all the son, different comics and, and shit like that. Our thirteen year old son is a Star Wars universe guru. I can ask him anything he knows the answer to. He reads books, he reads the comics, you name it. We aren't. We do the movies. But I will tell you this. Uh, I understand your point, but Boba Fett, that's the thing. Boba Fett didn't need lines. He was iconic without the lines. He had a rocket that pointed straight up. So to shoot somebody with his rocket, he would have had to bend 90 degrees of the waist to be like, fuck you. (laughs) Not only that, but let's talk tactical for a minute. You know what I'm saying? This guy's got this, this whole entire thing covering his entire face. Like, I mean... No, he was just bitch made. End of story. Moving on. Yep. Wow. So do you have an unpopular Star Wars opinion, especially being of new blood? No, I mean, I, I, I totally think that uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Luke wanted to have sex with his sister. Like that's even after I don't know him. if that's a general consensus or, you know, if uh, you know, people I, are as weird as I am. So I think they definitely thought about putting it in um, and then they realized they were brother and sister. <laughs> no, no, no. I think he I think he still maybe that's my unpopular opinion. I think even he after, still wanted to have sex with his sister. Oh, after, yeah. They were oh, yeah. Both totally. wanting to yeah. Even if he had Han freaking solo. No. Oh, yeah. No one yeah. under no, God's she, green earth would want Luke compared to Han. Nobody. She played just the tip 
even after she knew just to fucking piss Han Solo off because she was a mm-hmm. catch bitch. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah, she was she was weird, man. Weird. <clears throat> She's like, uh, what color is your lightsaber? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, does it glow in the dark? <laughs> oh, oh, yes. All night. Eric says Luke wanted Chewbacca's hairy chest. Teach me the ways of your force, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's disturbing, people. We have made Star Wars perverted. You're welcome. (laughs) Yep, That's what we do on the show. We ruin stuff. So the next thing we always do on every single episode is the Would You Rather. Once again, we're going to do it Star Wars style. So Star Wars, Would You Rather. Do you want to go? Okay. Sure. Would you rather live on Jakku like Ray or live on Tatooine like Luke? Oh, Tatooine. I agree. I'd come in contact with Han Solo quicker. <laughs> wow. So we know what your type is. Yeah, we know, we know who you'll, who you'll uh, flick the bean to. <laughs> Don't judge me. You I'm know not, that you'd be all over Han Solo. Me too. Han Solo is the hottest one in that in that galaxy. We're, we're both the same little man in the boat. <laughs> so y'all are flicking your bean to Han Solo? Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. I've flicked my bean twice since his conversation. Well, see, I, I, didn't, I didn't have a, you know, uh, it was wild because I didn't have a dad growing up. And so for me to look at father figures because of my childhood and everything that I went through, like, not flicking the bean, obviously, but I would look to the the silver screen of like what a what a father figure was supposed to be like. And Harrison Ford was, you know, one of the first guys with Indiana Jones and stuff like that, that I just was like super cool. And then when I saw he was Han Solo, I was like, damn, that's cool shit. So he's everything, man. Honest, I love Star Wars and I love him as Han Solo, but I do have to say I love him as Indiana Jones more. Wow. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh yeah, that should have been part of unpopular opinion. What roles did they do? You know, was there Star Wars? Oh, that's role gonna be a future episode now. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Because we've had yeah. this conversation where he was like, "Who do you think would win in a fist fight, Indiana Jones or Han Solo?" And I'm like, "Indiana Jones," because because Han, Han Solo shoots and stuff or whatever, but he doesn't get a hand to hand combat. So if you're talking about hand to hand combat, Indiana Jones. Now, I think Han Solo would because he's always six steps ahead, even though you don't think he's but six When steps have you ahead. ever seen Han Solo be in a hand-to-hand? Like, rarely do you. But Indiana Jones is like every freaking movie he's in, he is like, one, getting his ass kicked, but then turns it back around and starts kicking the guy's ass. Every single one he's in. Yeah, Indiana Jones fight. can take a punch. He definitely doesn't have a glass jaw. That's for yeah, sure. Does, does he have his whip, though? If he has his whip, I might go the I other way. But Han Solo is a sneaky... Up. Han Solo is a sneaky bastard, though. Like, you can't discredit how sneaky but he Indiana is. Indiana Jones, he's also used other things. He's used rocks. Gla- he's used rocks. things off the off the, uh, the table. Ground. He's used rocks. Right. Um, especially he's, like good, he's, good with, he's good with the whip. He's good with the whip. Uh, he's used tanks and cliffs. Um, he's used propellers off of giant uh, cruise liners. <laughs> uh, divine uh, artifacts of God. More than once, yeah. All right, okay, fine. Indiana Jones. Indiana oh. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even the worst one. The worst one is JD's like, Ma, Kalima. And I'm like, Hub up, she buy. Hub up, she buy. Kalima. 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 
Oh man. God, we're fucking retarded. Terrible. What's your, would you rather? So my, would you rather staying on the star Wars theme is, would you rather? And, and, and in these scenarios, there's no rescue. There's no getting out of it. There's no escape. You're going to die. Would you rather die by stormtrooper firing squad or die by thousand years of Sarlacc digestion? I don't even know what the hell a Sarlacc yes. leaky, locky, smoky dump that fell in in in, uh, in uh, Return of the Jedi, the big butthole in the sand. So either you, you couldn't even you couldn't even get me cut up by a lightsaber, so I can go out like right? a man. You know what I'm oh, saying? No. I got to pitch one one bitch way or the other bitch way. Yeah. yeah. He said, "Sarlacc, uh, which takes like what a thousand, thousand years, years to, to be digested, to be digested yeah. or." Death by stormtrooper execution, which they don't. They can't hit anything. shit. They so, they shoot about as fur as good as the hundred and first. Which reminds me, I have a joke about that. Um, um I'm sorry. What World War Two? Who dominated hundred and first? Vietnam? Who dominated hundred and first? Iraq? Who dominated hundred and first? Yeah. Uh, why is quarantine perfect for stormtroopers? They always miss people anyway. <laughs> I say death by stormtrooper. That's what I say. Death by stormtrooper. That's my answer. I don't want to be I like... Don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to go with the digestion man. thing because I would just be like, come on, can we get this over with? Because if I'm going to die anyway, like I'd rather just... You know, and and there might be the slightest possibility if you get down in the intestines and all that shit, you might be able to rip off a tooth or something and, you know, dig your way out. Is like if you're death by stormtrooper, they're never gonna hit you, so you'll have time to like. I mean, eventually they'll, the they'll, rope or they'll graze you a few times, where it's like, ow, yeah. <laughs> ow, quit it. Right. <laughs> but, but if you gotta stand there the whole time, you know what I mean? Like, let's let's get to it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you're so lazy. I'd rather lay in a sarlacc hey. than stand in front hey of a stormtrooper. Guys, I'm missing the re- Seinfeld reruns. Can can we put a little hustle on this? <laughs> <laughs> Friends is on, damn it. No, more it's more like the office. The office is on again. Can you uh move us along, please? Oh, that's great. <laughs> and that Love is it. exactly why this is like the best shit show ever. Absolutely. Because we it, yes. <laughs> so I want to move on though. Yeah, we are moving because on. Because I have questions for you. So let's okay. Uh, as you know, I don't learn shit about who's gonna be on the show until they're on the show. <laughs> So you give JD a list of things. So there was a little bit I learned before the show. Now it's raised like 6,000 questions. So you've been in the the show Nashville, correct? Uh, yes, ma'am. I So you can see me in the show Nashville, but my big thing that I did on the TV show Nashville was I was a stand-in. So I don't know if y'all are familiar with what that means, but yeah. basically I was the guy that that stands there and gets everything set up before the next, before the, the main actor comes in for, for the shots. So, so like, we see your lighting, back your head. They're checking lighting and making sure everything works out. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah. Got it. Mm-hmm. Are they the ones yeah. that were, like film the back of your head? So like, uh, uh, so- no, he's not a double. He's, he's a stand in. There's, there's a difference. So sometimes it depends on it depends on like what they're looking for uh, on that kind of stuff um, because stand-ins can do that kind of stuff too. 
But no, in the TV show Nashville, I actually got some FaceTime, which was kind of cool. But I really enjoy doing the behind the scenes stuff because I've been a stand in for major motion picture and I've also done it in television and stuff like that. So, so yeah, it's pretty cool. Jason? Jason said like a porno. So, Jason, so let me ask he's you. He's not you, a fluffer, okay? No, no. <laughs> have you ever been a stunt cock? Have <gasps> you? Yeah. Have you ever been a stunt cock and porno? So, can you tell me the name? I'm an engaged. I'm an engaged man, and I'm. Yeah, and? Hey, hey! It's just between you and me. Nobody will see this. <laughs> we won't tell her. Yeah, we won't tell. Y- y'all are a mess. <laughs> <laughs> so who was the? Mm. Who was the most needy actor on the set? Can you tell us that? Oh man, that's a great I question. I know. Um, me. So I I don't know like uh, obviously brain damage. So I forget like some of their names. But one of them that I do remember that we had a lot of trouble uh, waiting to get going on scene and stuff like that was uh, uh, Hayden. Hayden. Hayden Panettiere. Got yeah. it. Wow. I'm glad she knows. Well, I know. I don't. I don't <laughs> that much about. I never the, watched the, the it. Show. I've never watched it, but I mean, I know enough to. I know that it was a show, or is a show, and that's that's. Yeah. I don't watch a lot of that stuff. I watch History Channel. I never. I never watched the show. Um, now I know that it was when with when it was with ABC, it was much better than when it got like switched over to CMT because. I was actually going to audition to be on the show. Imagine that country music singer, you know, like actually being a actor on a show about country music singers. So, yeah, you know, that would have been a far stretch. Now. That would be amazing. Like someone who could actually sing. I hate to say it like that, but a lot of the actors don't do their own singing. So, except yeah. for uh, Jared Bingham in, uh, in, uh, uh, well, and Bradley Cooper did no, his own what's, thing. So what's, what's that? that? Fucking show with Costner, the the Yellowstone. Oh, Yellowstone. Oh, I've not seen that yet. Is that good? Oh. You should apply to go be on Yellowstone. Damn, but actually, that but, was my mom's recommendation. Ryan, I'll send you her number. She has the hots for you. But Ryan, awesome. Ryan Bingley, who's an actual legit singer, songwriter, recording artist, um, is an actor on that show, and he he does. He does a couple of things where it's just him and an acoustic guitar in, the, in a corner of a bunkhouse on a, on a ranch. That is very true. Yeah. And and, he's, but, but yeah he, amazing. If you've never heard of Ryan Bingham, you need to look him up. But, man. That's but good my stuff. mom, I sent her a picture of you and she literally said he needs to be on Yellowstone. And I was like, I'll talk to him. <laughs> what am I going to do? I appreciate so, that. Yeah. Thank uh, you Jason, asked, uh, Jason asked, uh, where are you out of? So uh, off the air, you were telling us that you were in Florida right on vacation. Now. Now, right? And yes, sir. Where, yes, sir. Yep. Where do you where are you hailing from? Nashville, uh, Tennessee. Nashville. Nashville. Yes, sir. So, so good. Getting back on the TV uh, thing, you have a bunch of various different ties and different things for TV. But I want there's one specifically that I want to focus on, and that is um, your ties with the uh, uh, American Choppers, OCC, the Tuttles, Paul Senior. Um, yeah. Tell us about that, and generally. I don't let anybody talk about their their projects on the air outside of that first. Sure. This is something just because number one, it has to do with national TV. Number two, it has to do with motorcycles. And if anybody knows me, I love fucking riding and I love building bikes. I didn't notice. Yeah, she she has no clue. Um, so 
Man, tell us everything yeah. you can about that. And I'm sure we're going to come up with a thousand questions as you tell this story. Oh, I have a good Yeah. I mean, so, so, uh, you know, I want to stick to the theme of the show. So I'm not going to like go into like the details of, you know, what we're doing and everything. Cause I want to be very respectful of your show and everything, but how we, how we were able to get linked up with them was we worked with another set of reality stars, uh, Dylan King and Amy Duggar King. Amy was the rebel Duggar from 19 and counting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, if y'all know that show or not. I well, do, yes. I call yeah. Them the Stop. yeah. So, so Dylan, um, is into the SEMA show. Right. And, uh, and so he was like, Hey man, I want to do something cool. And, you know, so the conversation of SHF came up and all that. Long story short, we do a 2018 GJL debuts at SEMA. So the next year after that, which is, you know, for those of you that don't know what SEMA is, you know, look it up. But it's one of the most exclusive auto shows in the world. So they did a Jeep and it had all of our logo on the side. I mean, it was just an amazing experience. So anyways, that led to us getting connected with the OCC folks. Because I never watched the show. I, you know, I'm I'm legit country boy, cowboy, whatever you want to call it. I love riding horses and all that. I don't even know how to ride a motorcycle, to be honest with you. Oh, and wow. so uh so I never um never known anything about it. And we were gifted the hundredth anniversary of Veterans Day motorcycle that they built. It's over four hundred hours that they put into building this thing. But the cool thing was, was the first time that I met Paul Sr. Because, you know, I watched some of the videos and like how they portray him and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, God dang, what am I getting myself into? So I walk in, you know, for the first time up there in New York. And uh, and so I walk in and there's this guy standing over there just built like a brick shit house. But uh, I was like, you know, he wasn't like super tall or whatever. And it was like from the back. And I was like, surely, you know, that can't be him. So. You know, I walked over to him and sure shit, like it was Paul Sr. And, you know, I mean, he's, he's Wait, just a really he's great guy. Short. He said he was short. Oh, short. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm six foot three. So like he didn't, you know, I, I'm, I think he fell like right around here somewhere. But dude was stacked, man. Like I was like, damn, this guy is buff. Well, yeah, he had and, built in his shop. Of course he was stacked. He is. He's yeah. Like- and But, you know, the thing about it is, is like. I call him America's dad because everything that he says and like how he approaches himself and handles himself, like he's just always wanting to be helpful and kind and respectful when he's soft spoken and stuff like that. You get him, you get him fired up. Like it's, you know, it's a little bit of a different story, but the way they portray him uh, on that TV show, I just don't think is an accurate depiction. No, no, wait, time out. We have a question. Uh, so is senior a dick in real life? So clearly you're saying he's not, that he's a, he's a decent guy in real life. No, I mean, I, I text him, you know, I text him all the time and he texts me back, you know, okay, he so- could have just said, Hey, the bike's built, move on with your life or whatever. I mean, they put their logo I don't know if you can see it here yeah. on the shirts. Hold on. Show that again. I can zoom in on you. Yeah. Boom. Look at that, people. Okay, so for you with with you say that that he's really down to earth. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, and and you said like a father figure just wanting to be helpful. Do you think that that is who he is now? And what we saw that was portrayed was who he was then and he's kind of worked through some shit I don't and know. and do reality you think, shows aren't really reality or do you reality. think 
Like, well, do you think I mean, he's changed since then, or, or do you think that who he is now was who he was then? They just focused on the bullshit to get ratings. I think that's a great question. Um, and and the easiest way for me to answer that was I was at his 70th birthday party. And, you know, everything was very copacetic. Everyone was very respectful. You know, Mikey was there. Paul Jr. was there. You know, all of that and stuff. And, you know, and, and it's no secret that, you know, the way that Paul that likes to tell it is, is like, you know, they'll they'll put you in like per- certain situations sometimes where it will show, you know, the, the worst side of you or whatever, you know. And, and the other thing is, is like, I love the fact that they moved down to Florida now and, you know, they're building a roadhouse down here in Florida and it's going to be a museum. And Paul can just get into back to doing what he just loves to do and building bikes and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm not an official advocate for them, so I don't know far as show stuff and stuff like that because I don't want to get in trouble what they're working on. But I can just tell you from my personal experience with him that he's a genuine dude. Like, I get so tired of seeing like all the texts or not texts. See, there's brain the games, but uh, just, well, just all the stuff, you know, even what people say sometimes, you know, because it's really not true. I mean, when I went up there, you know, I could, they could have said, Hey, you need to stay in a hotel or whatever. And I got to stay, you know, at the mansion, you know, and, uh, just really great folks. I mean, that, that's about all I can say. I think it's really easy. Like Mark, uh, I just brought up his thing right now. He said that he watched all the OCC shows and he loved it. Uh, Mark is a family friend of ours. I ride with him quite often. Um, yeah. And and Kat and I watched all the shows. Um, I used to watch it with my dad before he and passed honestly, away. It was almost like they put him in a pressure cooker. And, and, and I think a lot well, of that was Not just, only that, but it's like you they put him on as, a as theory, the viewer very terrible time restraints and who wouldn't be stressed well, out well, you in as that the, situation. Uh, you as the viewer get a certain uh, uh, emotional attachment to both the positives and the negatives and that's what you see and that's what you latch on to. So I think it's very easy to get to, to be that. like, you know, and, 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 and I'm not saying this as me, I'm saying this as just generic person, a, you know, Paul Sr. is a dickhead, you know, blah, 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 blah. But you're also going off of what you've been sold, fed and attached your emotions to. So I can see how people but say, you, you know, you know, his background, right? Like he, he started out in steel. Like that was one of the first things that he did. And he had been building bikes along the way or yeah, whatever. He, he put his bikes in his basement or something to start off with. Right. And it was yeah. just, and, and they just, they so had much. Jesse James out on the West coast. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they wanted somebody out on the East coast. And somehow, like, he landed on their radar. So here was a guy that just, like, didn't have any ambition of, like, getting involved with any of this kind of stuff. And I think it was a learning curve along the way. And I think the other thing, you know, to mention about that whole part of that is that, um, you know, I, I think that it hurts him deeply, even though he may or may not express it as much. But, you know, having a relationships with his sons is a is a very important thing to him. And there were, you know, real issues that transpired amongst all of that. And uh, that's pretty hard to swallow sometimes, you know? Yeah, I, well, I get that. You know, but I mean, I'm my family's pretty fucked up. Like you have very, three boys. I mean, think about it. We haven't we're just now getting into teenage. Well, I was talking about like so like the, the relationships between uh 
But I'm just me saying, and my me and my siblings I'm alone. Just saying, can you imagine if yeah. the cameras up around our house right now and watch us go through teenage years with three boys and three right. different personalities and can you imagine, imagine how can you imagine cameras in our house four years ago before I put myself through counseling? No. Nope. And before I started reading the right books and surrounding myself with the right people, I was a fucking mm. piece of shit. I was a piece of shit four years ago. I am not even afraid to admit it. I think we both well, don't forget ugly piece of shit before oh, yeah. was, the yeah. accident. Yeah, we want to make sure we put it all in one package. So, I think we yeah. both were. We were both really unhappy, which is why I was severely overweight. And uh, mm. I, yeah, I mean, I was I was two hundred and thirty pounds. I was ninety pounds heavier. 95, 95 pounds heavier than, than I am now. So, I mean, well, I'm, in, I'm, I'm in counseling now. And one of the biggest things that I found out about myself was, is I'm a people pleaser. Every single thing I do is for everybody else, yeah. you know? And so I'm learning how to love myself, you know, whereas to JD may have like been like external, kind of like an asshole. Like for me, it was a defense mechanism to get people to, you know, like me uh, as much as I possibly could, not in a false or a lying way, but just, yeah. I mean, and these are the kinds of things that I'm you discover in counseling, the, you know, I'm absolutely the same way. Or I, w I was now I'm more, um, I wasn't happy with myself. So I thought if I portray like portray this like sense of happiness all the time and made other people feel good about themselves, eventually I'd feel good about myself, which of course didn't mm -hmm. work. So, uh, yeah. And now, and then I started focusing a little bit more on me and the boys and JD and, uh, I thought, I thought my care for a long time was delving into saving everybody I could. Every time I saw somebody on Facebook that was talking about being them. one of the 22 and, and being part time. of every one of the veteran suicide groups I could be and like day and night being on the phone or on, on, messenger or something and trying to save everybody and it was so exhausting and and it, I don't want it to sound like I'm virtue signaling but that was what I thought I needed to do to be a good person versus actually fixing myself you know I I thought fixing other people was the answer and well, yeah because it's it's a sense of misdirection right as long as you're over here looking at you because I'm making you feel good and I'm doing great things for you there yeah. ain't no way in hell you're going to be looking at me Exactly. You know, so exactly. that's why my unpopular opinion, even though we did the Star Wars tonight, perhaps you can come have me back on sometime is, you know, I don't believe there's suicide prevention. So I, I agree know, because I'm a suicide survivor and uh, I get tired of constantly hearing that over and over and over again. You know what I mean? They ain't nobody on this planet, even Jesus himself would have kept me from putting that belt around my neck. You know what I'm saying? Man, this is the deepest we've ever gone on this show. And I, I don't mind it. Like normally it's supposed to be fun and, and all that stuff. But this is actually, uh, I, I really appreciate this candid conversation because maybe there's one person watching or listening that needs to, to hear this. Like sometimes fix your shit. Get yourself into counseling. Jack said you're yeah, in counseling yeah, right now. Yeah. I, I, I was in don't counseling take, for a year and a half. Yeah. And thank you for wording it like that. Don't take that leap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't take that don't leap. Don't take that leap, but take the leap in getting <laughs> the help you need and focus. Maybe you're focusing too much externally and not internally. So take that. I always, always make the joke that I'm a perfectionist and I'm glad I failed that day. <laughs> <laughs> well, God bless you. I'm glad you failed too. You fucking failure would love the shit out of you. It's like it's like the one time I had the barrel in my mouth. I'm like, I'm so glad I'm a pussy. 
<laughs> See, it's not heavy. We're just yeah. making it as distorted as possible. So, oh my god! Only drinking suicide a laughable moment. I'm the only person going to put a gun to their head and have really bad aim. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, she's a stormtrooper. <laughs> and, and that folks, is what we call a callback. <laughs> every, full every. circle. So you were on music videos also, is that correct? Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I've actually um, produced, wrote, and starred in, I think, six or seven music videos. And then I've also been, uh, I was in uh, Ruben Studdard's video, was the first video that I was ever in from oh. American Idol. And then I did uh, dance choreography because I'm a professional dancer and stuff like that. Um, uh, and not erotic professional dancer oh, just oh, wants to make sure I'm clear out. on that. Then I'm out. <laughs> He's like, but yeah, so we, we got to do Midland's, uh, I choreographed Midland's uh, HGTV uh, thing. So who uh, is your favorite, cool. who is your favorite artist to work with? Uh, well, I would have to say the coolest person that uh, I've ever worked with that has a lot of professional notoriety is Johnny Neal from the Almond Brothers. So um, I don't know if y'all listen to, you know, oh, the Almond Almond Brothers, you know yeah. or if they were a class act, you know, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Maybe yeah. well, he, he's just a lot of fun, though, because he, he looks like Santa Claus, but he talks like, you know, somebody, you know, that like like he talks like this all the time, man. So <laughs> you don't even know what's going to come out of his mouth next. You know, man, when, he, when he talked like that, it sounded like the the what was the the, the black sport black exploitation uh, uh, movies where it was like they had the big black pimp with the giant big black. Yeah, man, that's what he sounds like. He's from Delaware. Yeah, Boomhauer almost. Like no, Boomhauer would be more cool. Yeah, as. No, What artists do you want to work with? How about that? Oh man, uh, the one artist still in the game that I would like to work with. Well, what genre music? How about that? Kat? Any, any, any. Okay. Um. I would like to collaborate with Bruno Mars. That would be cool. Um, I'd love to do something with George Strait. Because there's a huge difference between early he just and now. Switched eras. He just switched eras with his music. Like he did have like a like a 70s. No, when he was doing the James Brown pop soul. Gore, yes, absolutely. That was awesome. Now that he's yeah, I'm, moved on to this like 70s, 70s disco, disco shit. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. He's definitely moved eras, but I like the fact that he experiments with other genres and everything, and he writes all of his own music. He does all his own choreography. Like, I have nothing but mad. I generally can't stand pop, but Bruno I Mars. definitely respect Bruno Mars. I do musician. respect he's, him. He's he, awesome. Well, I'm going to blow y'all's mind. I can't believe I'm saying it on your show. Maybe it's because I'm half in the bag, but I, I love Taylor Swift's pop, man. <sighs> now I'm sad. I don't know what to tell you. Know you. And we're calling it a night, folks. No, no, no. I will say it. There are some songs of hers that I really like. But with that being said, everything is about her being a princess and how somehow she's mistreated. You know what the common denominator is, Taylor? It's you. Maybe you're the problem, Taylor. I said I'm not saying I'm not saying she don't need like some kind of counseling or something, but <laughs> as a <laughs> As a songwriter, I, I think that I, I'm very impressed with 
because she keeps it as pure pop as possible, in my opinion. You know what I mean? But I'm I'm coming from different ears, probably from like a lot of different people. But I see why she wins as many um, awards as she does. Unlike most artists, she writes her own wait, songs. Wait, hey, hey, I'm, I'm gonna let you finish. But stop. So honestly, if I had my choice, of course, Eric Church. Um, but also, I love Gary Allen. Love oh, him. Smoke Rings in the Dark is one of the best albums from the late 90s, early 2000s, hands down. Man, I used to cover that, uh, that song in my show. band, uh, Man to Man. Y'all know that oh, one? Oh, yeah. God, yes. Yeah. You, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I know some people that know I know Gary before his wife died and stuff like that. And after his wife passed, you know, she committed suicide and he went through a really rough patch after that. So, 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 well, well I, I have but, to jump to hold a theme. No, no, no. But uh, an artist I'd like to hang out with would probably be, we've talked about this before. Um, Brad Paisley, I think would be fun. Oh, yeah. I would love to just get shitty drunk with Brad Paisley. Shitty drunk with Brad. And, and then, take some guitar and lessons. And then Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl. Oh, we want to hang out. Dave Grohl. Wow. Nobody, nobody's mentioned Cowboy Jacks. I'm a pretty damn good time, okay? Oh, no, I'm we, just saying. We, oh, JD3PO. That's PO, already going to happen. On. That's already going to happen, Jax. We're going to hang out. You're going to come to you're South bringing, Texas. Yeah, you're bringing the Americana to Chopper. We're going to go fishing. We're going to take you to the yeah. beach in like 30 Love minutes. Fishing, so, yeah, you're going to have to come no, to J- if it was hanging out with somebody, I absolutely want to hang out with George Strait and shake the man's hand and say, you know, thank you so much for, you know, turning me on to to my roots, you know? Oh, yeah, I completely agree. Hey, uh, while real quick, Carrie Beavers, one of our sponsors, uh, says that she needs to hop on a call with you to talk about shirts. So we'll, uh, we'll get y'all hooked up after the show. Awesome. Uh, don't let me forget both awesome. of y'all. Uh, dude, if we were, if it was just, if it was, Purely on just hanging out with the person, there is one musician, and by God, I would do some super shady shit to have an interview with him on this show. Who? Henry Rollins. Oh, no shit. Henry Rollins, if you ever... Mother, like that guy? That's who you're talking about? Black Flag, Rollins Band, Liar, you know, just... Look, super jacked, giant super tattooed. intelligent. Oh go, my God, that guy is I'm giving smart. you a homework assignment. Go listen to some of his interviews. He had, uh, I don't know if it was HBO or Showtime, but he had a stand-up special. The guy is one of the most articulate and intelligent so... musicians that I've ever heard. And I respect him more for his intelligence than I do for his music. I mean, oh, that's cool. I mean, Henry Rollins, I can, I don't read a lot. I will read his interviews without blinking. He is just one of the most engaging people I have ever seen. Your sister's on here and she said that he has a master's in history. That is correct. Yeah. He's not the one with the doctorate though. There's another one who got their doctorate. No, that That was, was, um, um, that was, uh, uh, Damn it. Offspring lead singer Dexter Holland Dexter from Holland from uh, his... the offspring got a doctorate in um, microbiology focusing on HIV. It was actually it was um, global. Vir- it was via it's pandemic vi- virology is what it is. It's uh, which is amazing because now we're dealing with the coronavirus and everything. Well, he got his doctorate what last year, the year before like twenty seventeen in, in like pandemic vi- virology or something along those lines. And um, who who's the guy that's the astrophysicist? 
That was the really guitar. badass big that hair guitar queen. queen, right? Queen. And another fun yes. fact about and him. And the other one's a dentist. They're the one of them is a dentist that's from Queen. No, the the guitarist from Queen. Another fun fact about him is the reason his guitar and his solos have such a unique sound. Did he make his? Guitar? Is that he made his own guitar, including hand wrapping his oh, own damn. coils for the pickups of his guitar, which is why it has such a unique, distinct, yeah. and and. Just, just one of a kind sound that you can pick out. It doesn't matter what the song is, you know, like that's instantaneously, Queen. yeah. And actually, a funny fact, uh, Queen is one of our uh road trip bands that we listen to oh, with yeah. our kids, and now they know all the words to like every awesome. <laughs> I don't know who so speaking, speaking of about- musicians, I gotta tell you this quick story. Oh so yes. I took Johnny Neal from the Allman Brothers down to the Jack Daniels distillery to meet Jeff Arnett at the time, who's the master distiller, was the master distiller and my fraternity brother. And so as a treat, because, you know, it's Johnny and all this other kind of stuff, we go in and we do a whiskey tasting in the same room that Eric Church, like, you know, put his barrel together and all that other stuff. So that was pretty cool in and of that. So Johnny can usually handle his liquor pretty good, but you could tell that, you know, he was having a pretty good time and he's blind, right? So he gets up. <laughs> I'll never forget this. Me, me and Jeff are sitting there talking and Johnny gets up and he finds his way to the bathroom and he's gone for a long time or what seems like a long time after a premium whiskey tasting. <laughs> so all of a sudden he comes he comes out of the bathroom and he's got a lampshade on top of his head. <laughs> and Jeff is buzzing. I know that Jeff's buzzing. And so he gets up and he, he walks, he stands over next to him. It's almost like he's coddling him like he's a little kid. <laughs> and he goes, you're, you're Johnny okay. goes, uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, I couldn't find the light switch. <laughs> <laughs> Holy <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> so good. <laughs> okay, so we've talked about all the best and best of best. Who was the biggest dick that you've worked with in the music industry and a name that we would M- know? Music or... Oh, man, you oh, guys are going to get me in trouble. You know what? Fuck it. I don't care because I don't want to work with them anyway. Um, so when I first got to Nashville, you know, I told you all I've done everything in front of and behind the scenes and multiple facets of entertainment or whatever. Yes, sir. So when I when I first got there, I got to do what was called um, a crowd gig, and I got to be at the the Flameworthy Awards. I don't know if y'all remember that on CMT back in the day or whatever. Mm-hmm. So basically, I was one of the crowd folks that stands in the front that they pan the cameras around and stuff like that. Like you see, all that's planned. It looks like it's just a bunch of people that are you know, super excited about whoever's on stage, but we're all staged in those corrals, right? So Keith Urban comes out, and this is before the cameras are on or anything. We're just doing the rehearsals. And uh, Keith Urban comes out, and he is the nicest guy in the world. Like, he damn near almost breaks his hand reaching out across the stage to give somebody a high five. So then Toby Keith comes out. And Toby Keith. 
Toby Keith walks right up to the stage. There's these women in the front row that have these I love TK shirts, this whole deal. They're screaming his name at the top of his lungs. He don't pay one damn bit of attention to them, doesn't wave at them, nothing. And, uh, and then he comes off the stage. So later on, when it's time for the awards and it's time for his performance, you know those women are in the exact same spot, right? Because that's how they do the camera shots and all that. And I swear to God, that's when he looks over at him and is like nodding and doing all this kind of stuff. And it was from that moment on that I was just like, all right, look, I'm over it. So I went to a concert. I'm not going to say my age because the uh, the story. She was a youngin. I went to a concert with my sister's boyfriend who was a radio DJ. She couldn't make it. I went with him as his like plus one or whatever. Well, he makes friends with Toby Keith's road manager. So I got to go backstage and meet Toby Keith. Well, Toby Keith found out it was my birthday. So he's like, well, grab some beers from the horse trough and meet me in this tent next, next door. So mm-hmm. we, we grabbed some beers. We met, met him in a tent. There's like guitars hung from the walls. There's like a rug in the middle of the floor and there's a throne where Toby Keith sits. So Toby Keith comes in. We wound up spending two or three hours hanging out and drinking with Toby Keith. And he and was throne. the coolest. And I was, I'm not going to say how old I was, but I was, yeah, but it was a good time. And well, good. people like to make comments. That, did he touch your butt? No, he did not touch me. Okay. And everybody asked that. Toby Keith didn't touch me. Okay. Did, did he, did he straight up trump you and grab you by the pussy? Unfortunately, no. <laughs> no, my dad was in the Air Force Academy. His dad served. You know, he was injured and everything. So we talked the entire time, and he was the nicest guy. Of course, oh, he sounds like a great guy. He just of talked. course this was eight, uh, 19, 20 years ago. Twenty, actually, maybe a little bit more than that, but that would give away my no, it age. Wasn't, it wasn't it that was long. Ago. Uh, yes, it was, sir. I'm. I've seen the pictures. I'm 36. I think it. I'm 36. It was a, it was almost 20 years ago. Almost. Almost. You know, you know, you know who Pat Green is, right? Oh yeah, man. Great, great artist. We, Texas we, artist. We went to uh well, we'd seen Pat Green on multiple times and mm-hmm. we've walked out on multiple times, but the final straw, and I don't care who the fuck is on the bill with him, I will never go to a show of his ever, ever, ever again. We were watching him, it was a it was him, Kevin Fowler, and a couple of the, uh, of the other big Texas names. Oh, wow. Uh, Kevin uh, Fowler. That's cool. It was when... Um, take nice. me out to a dance hall. Kevin Fowler is the most badass oh, motherfucker ever. Awesome. So I was like, can you sign my shirt? Thanks for touching my willy. <laughs> and he did. It was awesome. Sorry. But... Uh, uh, where was it? So, yeah, it was, it was when uh, Pat Green's big single was Take Me Out to a Dance Hall. And just like any outdoor concert, you got... You know, it, it was a general admission concert. So it's just standing room only and, and any place like that. You have, you have the guys and the gals with the big poster board signs that they've made with, with all the sparkly glitter and, and Sharpies and shit. And uh, they finish a song and, and Kevin Fowler's on stage and he's like, Hey, or not Kevin Fowler, excuse me. Uh, Pat Green is on stage and he's like, Hey, y'all, y'all pass that sign up. And the sign makes its way through the crowd all the way up and he grabs it and, and he reads it and he says, uh, Take me backstage and fuck me. And everybody gets a good laugh because that's obviously not what it said, but it was it was meant in jest and everybody took it that way. You know, it was it was an adult concert. You know, fuck it. It was it was funny. 
That was funny. Well, then he goes, he reads what it really says, and it says, play, take me out to a dance hall. He crumbles it up, throws it it on the ground, says, fuck y'all. I'm going to play what I want to play. You've already paid for the ticket, and you have to listen to it. And And another song later, he was incoherent. He was so fucked up. He was a... Ain't that wild? But he got... Isn't it just crazy? On our beach here in Corpus, because he was talking shit and then yeah so he probably doesn't like corpus much hey, anyway whoever a facebook user is it's talked about mike v uh rollins black flag and now kevin fowler make sure you go to uh streamyard.com slash facebook and give it permission to so we can see who's talking so like i said this is a long time ago that i hung out with toby key so maybe he's changed maybe but like i said uh, i mean you know just for me it's just like be legit you know what i'm saying be the same guy when the cameras are rolling and when they're not and uh absolutely but like i i hung out with him for a few hours and then um his manager came back said he had to get ready so we went back to our seats and everything so we missed half of the other performers because we're hanging out with them but it was like I said, it was totally worth it. We had a blast. We drank for free. He was good. He was a nice guy, decent. Didn't grab my anything, believe it or not. Uh, took some pictures. Sure. Yeah, we did. believe you, cat. Nothing. He went bowling. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> That's disgusting. There was no Neapolitan pink and brown and nothing like that or whatever you call it. I don't know. <laughs> nothing like that, people. He was a very decent you man. You got the shocker? You got the spocker, you got the rocker, and you got the showstopper. He was decent, okay? Uh, yes, I was underage drinking, but he was a decent guy. So Mark Ramsey yeah, says that he likes what Toby Keith does for the military. I will agree that he does a lot for the dad. troops and, and, and things like that. I don't agree with his politics. I don't agree with uh, a lot of the uh, other things he's done. Uh, but uh, uh, Don't go against the rules. Oh, Oh, there's rules. What are the rules? I thought no, this is uh, oh, no holds bars here. I'll tell you all about the rules later, baby. All about the rules. Okay. What? I got to tell y'all something that's funny. So I'm 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 staying with our friends here at the villages in Florida, right? And so they call this like the the. Uh, amusement park for adults or Disneyland for adults because everyone around here books around on these golf carts, right? It's wild. Like there's as many golf carts as there is cars because it's a retirement. It's a retirement community, 55 and older or whatever. And it's a very beautiful place and all that kind of stuff. But there's this rumor that there's these different loofahs. And each one of these different loofahs represents like a stage of like where you're willing to go, like sexuality wise. And so I had Linda look it up and she gives me like this whole entire list of like from beginner to, to advanced to like, you know, let's get it on sort of thing. And so so we're driving today and I saw one of them loofahs on the back of the car. What's that? Can you forward that to our email? Oh, absolutely. I will forward it to your email. But I actually saw a car with a loop on the back of it today, and I was like, oh, my God, that shit's real. Like, it was crazy. Okay, okay was I got, crazy. Do people have pineapples posted? Posted up? Uh, I don't. I'm not. I have read somewhere that, that pineapples was a signal for people on vacation to show that they're swingers. Well, all 
also we've heard so we have the rubber rings because i can't wear like real rings at the hospital and jd couldn't wear them on the oil fields so we have rings and one of mine's black and one of mine's turquoise and his is black with turquoise on the inside well okay. someone told me at work the other day they're like oh you have a black ring i'm like yeah she's like well you know what that means right no black rings. Oh, it's the same color for the loofah black swing black rings are supposedly a signal for uh, we swing and i was like oh yeah. well, that's oh, the that's yeah. the big one like the big just, one so i know jason who lives in our neighborhood he also has a podcast he asked <laughs> have you heard about the swingers in our hood no, no but hang out Wait for me when we drop our kids off at school in the morning because I want the full Let's fucking story. Let's go walking. Let's go for a walk in our neighborhood and you point out those swingers. <laughs> okay, look, unless they're a part of my bunko group, I'm a part of an old lady bunko group. And if there are some swingers in my old lady bunko group, I don't want to know about their syphilis ridden asses. Okay, I'm just going to let them be. Yeah. No judges. As long no as he's better looking than me. <laughs> no judges. I've always told Kat, like, she can have a Sancho, she can have a side guy. But he needs to help pay the mortgage and fill the beer fridge. As He's long as that willing, happens. He is willing to sell me out for beer and mortgage. No, it's That's not selling you out. It's letting you oh, it do what isn't. you want to do. It's letting you oh, what I want to do. <laughs> and it's got to be shiner or better. God. If me. I ever said any shit like that, I would no longer have a head on my shoulders. Like that would just be gone. Like that's it. I'd be wood chipper bound Jax, if I ever said anything like that. There are two like things, two things that go through my brain when he talks like that. One is justifiable homicide. The second one is my next husband is gonna love the shit out of me and would never share me with anybody. I got the oh, I, I got the trophy shit. wife. She got the participation trophy husband. That is not true. <laughs> That is not true. And, and it's thoughts like that why you think that I want to get someone to fill the beer fridge and pay my mortgage. That's how it works. I didn't say oh one. Well, I did. Those are my terms. See, that's what happens when you all start drinking that tattooy milk. Shit goes downhill from there. You have to set solid boundaries. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Jennifer, are you out there? He said our stipulations. <laughs> get a hold of me, baby. <laughs> She was on here earlier. She had Lindsay, to leave earlier. Lindsay, are you there? Lindsay, fill our no, beer fridge. She keeps going to girls. She, she doesn't want to fuck dudes. She just want to fuck girls. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah. that's so hard for JD. Oh, no, don't do that. He'll be so sad. I'll just, he'll be like, oh, I'm just going to sit here in the corner and protest this. Now, uh, hey, Jax, how you doing? Oh, oh. I'm doing all right. How you doing? Well, it's kind of like Eric you remember this old I'm argument? about that. <laughs> What? You remember that old argument? The 300 oh of the Fight Club? Gosh. Oh my gosh. We're not doing this. That's funny. Team uh, 300. Team Fight Club. Team 300. Y'all want to give me a clue or am I just oh, randomly? That's my sister that commented. It's the movie 300 oh. versus the movie Fight Club, um, but based on like who could kick whose ass type of thing uh, or who was hotter. I don't even know. Both. It was a long time ago, but I'm team 300 because I think the people in 300 would have totally annihilated them and they're way hotter. But apparently JD has a thing for oh, I, literally I, everybody in Fight Club. Yeah, so. I, I, would, I would switch teams for, for Edward Norton playing narrator. I mean, when he punches himself in the face that first time, I'm like, holy shit. Like, right? that is wild. Did that you is get wild. Say again. 
said, did you get a Woody? Cowboys don't kiss and tell. <laughs> I you love that answer. You can kiss it. Janie would never leave his bedroom. <laughs> oh, yes, I would. I would join the circus to get paid to do it. <laughs> well, he would. If I can't give you a mouth hug and console you, then what is my purpose in life? But I can't, so therefore you still have purpose. <laughs> Apparently to have like a harem of women and that help pay the mortgage and give beer. Who <laughs> pay my mortgage and give JD beer. Yeah, that's okay. it. I want to get this back on the tracks, at least briefly. Yeah. I wanna I wanna circle back to the conversation about the uh, the, the chopper that you that you get or that you have. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So obviously anybody that's seen the 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 show with with OCC and I'm I'm kind of afraid to say the name because I don't want to get sued by Discovery Channel or anything. But um, you can say I think you can say American Chopper. I mean I oh, I mean oh, yeah. I, I own one of them so and I've been on OCCPlus.com so. Well, none of their bikes are cheap. Like no, no. even 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 their their quote unquote you know stock, stock models yes. are are like sixty five k. Right. You know, the, the custom ones are 100k plus. So that being said, do you have I'm trying to figure out how to word this properly. Um yeah, cuz I may or may not be able to answer the question. Do you have a museum piece that looks pretty or do you put fucking miles in that bike like it meant to be? He doesn't ride. So does somebody put fucking miles on that bike. Please tell me somebody rides the motorcycle. Uh no. Uh, no one rides the motorcycle um, because it is it's meant to go into a museum. So that's that's the point. Now, that being said, if there would have been like a safe home front motorcycle that would have been made, then we totally would have rode that. You know what I mean? And this has been in a movie um, that I can't disclose any information about. And it may be in a couple of different other things. So there'll be like basic type stuff. But, you know, I mean, when you see it like you really don't want it to, to be road. You know what I mean? Cause it's a, it's more yeah, of a piece of yeah. art. Jax, you've, you've got a lot of connections. Obviously I'm going to make you a deal right here, right now. This is coming off the cuff. This wasn't planned. Yeah. I okay. have a Harley motor. Okay. Sitting as a piece of artwork in my, in my home bar. That is true. Okay. I will donate it. If you can find a bike to be built for your charity, okay. as long as it gets fucking miles put on it while raising money you want me to get my motorcycle license is that what you're saying <laughs> actually, I don't, you don't have to ride it. i don't actually, care who rides it as long as motorcycles are meant to be ridden god hey, damn it hey, me again i have an idea how about you does it feel good to get that out jd because like i would feel the same way if it was a horse that never got rode how about, so you, donate it? How about you donate it to a wounded warrior how about you uh, donate it to, to a veteran Donate what bike? The bike that the, we build? The big chopper? The big yes. chopper? No, that. Use oh, that the, engine. The one that with, the, with the motor that I donate. I'll donate the donate motor. Donate it to a veteran. You help me find people to to donate other parts to build an entire bike. I got the I got the motor. I got the heartbeat. Well, let's for it. let's talk offline because I've got some ideas already that involve Johnny Cash. Let, let's make that happen and and let's get let's get it to somebody that's gonna put some fucking miles on it. Okay. We can talk about that for sure. I but, am going to do but I, I've got to mention that there's over 400 hours that was put into this chopper 
it was uh, the lead fabricator was Josh Allison, and and then Paul was the one that overseen it. But what's dope about it is it's not like the other choppers that they've done. Like this is a throwback to like Americana, like Easy yeah, Rider, eighteen foot long. You know, takes yeah. three quarters of an acre to make a left hand turn. <laughs> yeah, and it's Art Deco, so like I mean, it's got this cool. I mean, it's just a very beautiful, beautiful piece of of oh, art yeah. as well. It's so. got a really cool two up seat oh, on it. It's gorgeous. And, yep. it's gorgeous. Yeah. You're right. It it's is. got the old seventies throwback, like an old actual chopper, not. It's art. Uh, yeah. You're absolutely well, yeah. Right. Because that that's it's what art. I told him was is I said you know to me veterans is about celebrating life after the uniform do you know how many veterans we have in this country that have went on to do absolutely amazing things like i'll give you an example the um co-founder of mattel toys is a u.s veteran his name's elliot handler morgan freeman chuck norris yeah. <laughs> bob chandler who uh invented monster trucks uh another guy i have a crush on dan crenshaw Oh yeah, Dan Crenshaw. But we're not getting into politics. But man, I'm not talking about his politics. I'm talking about a guy looking real good and being a veteran. I, I would, I would give that hero a hand job. <laughs> Fucking Air Force. I can't give you another eye, but I can give you my hand for about thirty minutes. <laughs> for for a gentleman like that, as long as it takes. <laughs> Hey, Dan Crenshaw, if you're out there, he probably wouldn't even need to refill my beer fridge for you. <laughs> <laughs> He's down there in Texas, ain't he? You need the one that did that badass video or whatever. Well, Houston, outside of Houston, and we're in South Texas. So, you know, everyone thinks that, oh, that's only a couple hour drive. Are you kidding me? Like Texas is so large. Like our friend flew into Dallas and he's like, well, it's oh like, like an eight hour drive yeah, for us. From me to go from here to DFW it's, yeah, field is a like, nine hour drive. Yeah. It's an, it's an eight or nine hour drive up to Dallas. So no, Texas. So the, first, so the first time I went to Dallas and I got off of the plane and I got into the cab and I was driving and I was like, Oh, there's this. Y'all know this from the airport. Oh, there's the city. And I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, and oh, there's the city. Then I yep. finally get to the city, and he's like, that'd be $56. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about $56? <laughs> because it's so damn far away from y'all. It like, is. It's crazy. It's awful. Mm -mm. Yeah, it is. It just... It's and Dallas Fort Worth in, in general, especially when you join both cities together and then everything between them, it is oh, yeah. of the other. It's a good two hour drive. It is, yeah. It's yeah. well yeah. You know, with traffic and, and, oh. and, and in Texas, we don't we don't go by miles. It's hey, how far you live? I don't know, about an hour, hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. It's all by time. it's by time. It is by time. That's then. awesome. That is very true. <laughs> I don't know. We're, we're only about three hours away, so we can spend the so, weekend. So we live on the in a suburb uh, just north of Corpus Christi. I work at a hospital in Corpus Christi, so the girls are like, well, how, how far away do you live? And I go, 30 minutes. That's that's it, not miles. I live 30 minutes yeah. away. Texas is all yeah. right. We delivered 40,000 pounds of goods down there right after Hurricane Harvey. In Corpus? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh shit! I didn't know. Yep. We, well, yeah, we were with, with Harvey. We lost. Uh, I spent some, five, some fence pickets. I spent five, five or six straight days in the hospital during Hurricane Harvey, working 
And it was the first two days, I would say, were real Just fun. because of no power it was, anywhere else. It was really fun because it was almost like the worst camp over, like, like worst camp ever. And we had mm. a blast and we had a good time. Day three came and some of the crew got to leave and got relieved, but not everyone could get back into the city. So um, some of us were stuck there for another few yeah. days. So we, uh, the ones that were stuck, were stuck with a bunch of new fresh faces who were like, well, I don't see what the big deal is. You motherfuckers, we haven't showered in days. All of our food, we had all the neighborhood people living at the hospital with us because everyone lost power and everyone was COPD and any lung issue were living in the hospital because they ran out of oxygen. So we had an influx of people they weren't anticipating. All the food went to them first. So all the healthcare employees got what was left, which means there wasn't enough food for us. So we were living on nothing and we were, we hadn't showered because, you know, we lost water. We lost power for a while. We're running on generators. So no unnecessary anything. It was a nightmare. And people were like, Oh, I don't see what the big deal is. You suck. But we had a we had a baby born during Hurricane Harvey, and they named him Harvey, and that was the best part of my whole experience. Sergio, Sergio took it back to where we're talking about the size of Texas, and then took it back oh, even farther like to being Star Wars, yeah. and talked about parsecs, which is actually it's time. Time. It is. And not it distance. is time. Good so for you, great Sergio. Star Wars. So May the Fourth be with you call back. The funniest thing about Hurricane Harvey, though, was we live the way the crow flies, which for you people that are like city folk, that's like a straight line if you drew it and didn't have to follow (laughs) roads. Um, The way the crow flies, we're about three miles from the actual Gulf of Mexico. Less than that. Less than three miles. There was jellyfish all over my yard. In our yard. We had jellyfish blown into our yard. Blowing and I'd say less Dude, than that. we saw them big boat carriers like made of steel that they put all them stacked them boats in. That some bitch was crumpled up like a freaking uh, beer can or a coke can. It, it, I'd never seen anything like that before. I believe it. Yeah, uh, we and we went to Rockport um, as they were rebuilding it and seeing the before and after. Actually, my parents were going to buy a house in Rockport. It was destroyed. It was leveled. So the house that they were planning on purchasing. They want it wanted being leveled by Hurricane Harvey, actually. And that got real serious. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a Star Wars joke. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I do a Star Wars joke. All right. So uh what do you and with call... the Star Wars jokes, we're gonna start closing it down. So what do you call a bounty hunter from the south? No idea. Bubba Fett. Bubba Fett. Bubba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what kind of car does a Jedi drive? No clue. A toy Yoda. Oh, it's so obvious. Damn it. Hey, how is duct tape like the force? I love this one. I know this one, so I can't answer. It has a dark side, a light side, and it binds the galaxy together. Wow. And with that, and folks. And it's a Band-Aid, apparently. Yeah, and with that, folks, we need to start calling it a night. We appreciate everybody tuning in, whether you stayed for just a little bit or the entire time. Thank you very much. Uh, Jax, we cannot thank you enough for being part of this. It was, a, it does not seem like an hour and 45 minutes. It nope. seems like that was like a 30-minute conversation. Jesus, it flew. Yeah. Chad, thank you for being my wife and being awesome. Well, uh, thank you. <laughs> it's a gift and, and a curse. Course. We can't uh, we can't do this shit show without our sponsors, especially Warhorse War Legacy. Uh, Jennifer May was here earlier. Love her. Um, 
Again, thank you all. Don't go anywhere, Jax. We're going to end this uh, broadcast and we're going to talk a little bit. Happy May the 4th, everybody. And tomorrow is Revenge of the Sith. Make sure you drink your water, take your Tylenol. You don't want to feel it in the morning. Change your socks, do your push-ups. And uh, yeah, thank you for tuning in. Off the clock, behind the scenes, and under the influence. All right. Bye, y'all.